Mega London, maker of shoes, creators of waves in the fashion industry, introduces Fashion Vanguard's podcast. We aim to open minds, share knowledge, listen to opinions, and start conversations. Our podcast series unravels fashion's many guises and tackles head-on the current issues that matter, getting honest views from the mouths that matter. In this series, we'll be exploring how blockchain can impact the world of fashion by aiding transparency and supply chain, amongst other things. It's been just over five decades since TVs became common in homes, four decades since microwaves became popular, and less than three decades since cell phones became widely accessible. It's been just over a decade since the first iPhone was released, less than that since WhatsApp came out, and even lesser since Instagram was started. So these are not basic necessities, and yet in today's world, it's impossible to imagine life without all this technology and much, much more. In this first episode of the series, we'll discuss how technology is changing our lives and how we're responding to tech innovations around us. Then we'll move on to how technology is changing the fashion industry in particular and the extent to which that has been embraced or rejected. Further, we'll speak briefly about the issue of sustainability in fashion and its possible technological solutions. In an effort to better understand and make others aware of tech innovations in fashion, we have some panelists with us today. They are... Nazina, Gurdeep. Daniel. Raid, And myself, Ashwini. There's just as much to say about how we respond to tech innovations as the innovation itself. What's the growing sentiment of how tech innovation is changing our lives? What do you guys think about this? It's received in so many different ways. I guess there's a deep-rooted irony in that we as people, we demand innovation, but to some degree, we don't really accept it. Mm -hmm. It's disruptive, um, very risky. It challenges the status quo and it challenges how, you know, how practical you know, procedures are. Yeah, and sometimes it's not necessarily entirely intuitive. So exactly. that as well makes you sort of not trust yeah. it. As I said, it's it's something that's really coveted. Um, we see the word completely misused, you know, particularly of late. But we don't necessarily, A, we don't really understand it. I think that's probably what the issue is. And B, we don't in practice endorse it enough particularly within industries, apart from what we can discuss a little bit further that, you know, the fintech industry, which is, you know, as we know, you know, through various news articles, it's, it's sort of growing, um, you know, with this, with this aspect of, of innovation. Um, but, you know, I, I do feel that we, we are very sort of troubled by how innovation can actually affect our lives. Yeah, but that said, I mean, we have embraced technology. Obviously, like I said, just 10 years ago, people didn't know what an iPhone was. And now all of a sudden, well, everyone has one. So, yep. I mean, in that sense, even if it takes time, sometimes it, it has. I think there's, yeah, a, there's, there's there are a few elements that kind of force people into it. And I think a lot of it is pressure and acceptance or social, you know, pressure yeah. and social and convenience acceptance. As, as well. Obviously. Convenience. I mean, Absolutely. Once you get used to something, it's hard to go back on it. So I think another point as well is that innovation can sometimes be presented um, as, you know, a corporation to gain more profits, to be more competitive rather than, I guess, the end user feeling as though it's benefiting them. 
So there's a little bit of, um, sometimes the, the reason why there may be resistance to innovation is because maybe people just don't believe that it's going to make their lives or, you know, make themselves better. Maybe because they feel that there's an agenda for corporates to want to try and make as much money from us as possible. What do you, what do you guys think about this? Well, um, I probably echo that there's this guy called Paul Graham in Silicon Valley. He's in charge of Y Combinator, which is this big incubator. The, the value of their companies, they invest about $6,000 a company. It's now worth um, 80 billion, I think, their portfolio. Um, and he says, uh, the thing you got to do as a startup uh, in Silicon Valley is build stuff people like. So I think <laughs> at the end of the day, it's the end user that will matter, yeah. especially when you've got these companies that rely on network effects having lots and lots of users and all of them being connected with each other is super, super important. Um, and I think what these companies do in particular is they they make what we do ordinarily more efficient. So say in communication, I think of uh, dating apps, for example, We've all, yeah. we're all familiar. Um, and uh, yeah, you look at Tinder, you can swipe to your heart's content and you can find out, you know, someone in your nearby area that makes life more efficient. On the other hand, I think the sentiment must be that um, it's ruining some of the scene. It's it's it, it, all, you know, communication happens over text. There's less yeah. in-person mm -hmm. interaction. There's data protection questions. There's there's all sorts of um, uh, disadvantages. Um, so I think the sentiment, at least as I see it, mm. is that um, we're, ha we're entering into a more efficient world. We're entering into a world where, where things can move a lot faster, a lot easier, a lot cheaper. But there are a lot of trade-offs because this is so new. It's going to be a real, uh, we're going to have to have a heart-to-heart -heart with each other. Everyone is. Um, and with these companies and, and figure out where exactly we want the balance to be. Um, I think I think as well that talking about those trade-offs, if you think about privacy and you think about um, all the issues that come with that, um, we as a society are more and more aggravated by privacy issues. However, we are so quick to click agree to terms and conditions without reading even one line. So it's that paradox there that we as a society are happy with tech in innovation, but we want to keep tech companies accountable for their actions. Um, classic example is the Facebook and Cambridge Analytica of late. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And when Senate um, in the US was questioning um, Mark Zuckerberg, um, and if any of you had a chance to watch that, it was quite hilarious because it was a whole, uh, it was a bunch of old, an older generation who was not exposed directly to the uh, the magical world of Facebook um, and asking questions that, you know, would be considered stupid in other contexts, but because they're part of the Senate, you can't really say that to them. Um, but coming back to the privacy issue it's it's almost like we're now expecting things to move quickly yeah you know um 19 in 1960 a man named mikhail wrote um wrote a quote that said um we're we're getting to this shrinking shrinking world mm -hmm. and he was talking about globalization mm -hmm. and essentially what globalization has done has created this expectation that we deserve more as humans right and we are worth more without mm -hmm. yep. doing anything to satisfy right. or to you know yeah, sort of entitled to get it exactly yeah. very mm -hmm. yeah so globalization tech privacy they're all interrelated under this whole world of entitlement and the fact that like tech innovation is going so quickly is that now from our parents we now expect the latest phones right we expect 
tech innovation. We expect to be amongst the times. And I think that while tech is all amazing, I think people need to realize if they sit from like kind of a an overarching superstructural level, they'll see start to see what tech really means. And I think what tech really means is what people are doing for startups and how mm-hmm. they're trying to influence the world. Not so much what you feel. For tech, the better good? For the better good or the worse good. Mm-hmm. But in, in the sense that tech companies, people who start tech tech companies have that understanding of tech while the peop- the end consumer just feels like they need it because they need it, not because they don't understand why they need it. Right. You know, the question why is never asked. It's only asked when something bad happens, like Cambridge Analytica. But before that, you know, Facebook was using our information for years and years and years. Um, an example of that, Facebook owns Instagram. Yes. So I was on a flight back from the US um, and I was I bought Airheads um, from, um, from, from this shop. And then two days later on Instagram, I had a ad come up for Airheads. So, you know, all these things, like, it's a paradox and, you know, mm-hmm. we just as a society need to understand that. So I guess our relationship with innovation, you know, is partly, you know, it can be, I guess, I guess justified because there are sort of drawbacks to, yeah. you know, the advancements some, that we're currently... Especially if we're not careful about things, sometimes yeah. it can be. It's also really unavoidable as well because yes. it's out there. We live in a society where we're surrounded by tech. Yeah. <laughs> Just a quick reminder, you're listening to the Fashion Vanguard's EO London podcast. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, give us a review, and carry on the protest. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. So, um, Nazina and Gurdiv, you guys, from a fashion background, what do you think about how the fashion industries embrace tech innovations because we've been talking about general tech innovations but what about specific to the fashion industry what do you think well i can only sort of draw an example from the retail um you know sort of industry and you know we've we've heard of the retail apocalypse we've heard of um you know the sort of um, the administration issues that house of fraser are currently undergoing Mm -hmm. um and that's because you know a lot of these brick and mortar type retailer business models you know they haven't quite adjusted to tech innovation and so you know or they their business models are so old that it's very difficult for them to change and shift and adjust to anything that's new particularly at the pace that everything is currently running at um and as a result they're suffering i do feel like um it's almost like fashion is just kind of staying behind in a way like the brands if they're not adapting to technology they're just wiped out because the consumer demands a lot more the consumer is different compared to how it was before that's it absolutely and because consumers are now that they have digital footprints they're you know, they shop online more and more so than, you know, they Ever were doing before. before. Definitely. And and mm-hmm. so, you know, there's so much there's so much shift in, in terms of what consumers are demanding. Um, but it makes it very difficult for certain businesses and business models to adjust to that, as I was saying, at, at that pace. But what I wanted to say was that a lot of tech innovation, particularly for those online retailers, are really geared towards, you know, furthering profit. They're not geared mm-hmm. towards 
the betterment or maybe the focus is not necessarily on the end user. It's mainly about doing things more efficiently. And you've got Amazon yeah. who are like Amazon Baidu and, and Alibaba, you know, these 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 corporates, these giants almost, uh, that they, they have that blueprint of what it takes to be a, a successful online retailer. It's about providing a service, getting products to you as a customer as soon as possible in the most efficient way. Mm -hmm. um, but I do find that fashion sort of needs to adopt and, and it needs to change. Maybe just the the sort of the investment that it places on, um, you know, sort of new processes or new tech um, that's Almost mainly for the, for the greater good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that's where the fintech world is going. Yeah. But the fashion world is sort of, it's very slow, as you were saying, Gadeep, yeah. it's very slow to sort of, it's almost like it needs, for the other industries, it needs more use cases, more successful use cases to sort of justify, yeah. you know, the sort of, um, I guess Only if it step. sees a sort of guaranteed benefit, then yeah. it's then likely seems, to go into yes. it. I mean, of course, I think that is changing. Like, even just at my university, so I study fashion design and development at London College of Fashion, and our syllabus is actually changing next year and it's changing too. We have a whole unit, a whole, um, what, a 20 credit unit, I think, just about fashion technology. So it's about no. using laser cutters, it's <laughs> about using 3D printers, all of these sort of things that potentially could, is also, you know, things like 3D yeah. printers reduce waste. They're yeah. not just yeah. necessarily profit oriented. I think oriented. that's what we need more of. Because yeah, I think at it the is moment, increasing it's this more stuff. like marketing and technology. Yeah. Like in not as much as engagement. Yeah. Engagement, yeah. yes. Yeah. But not much in the clothing itself. Right. And right. it would be interesting to have it in the clothing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think, yeah, I think that is happening. Like I said, it's just quite slow compared to other well you know it sort of needs to yeah. catch up a little bit and i think another problem is which we'll talk a little bit more in depth is just investment you know because i think a lot of these processes um especially tech innovation processes that they require a lot of investment so i think to a degree you know these fashion sort of businesses that they're, they're working on very traditional business models and they just sort of a need to reflect and look back on what it is they're doing, maybe they need some sort of review um, to really sort of look at how they're gonna go forward. But, you know, to kind of have a slow uptake on this is is really gonna be to their detriment. But um, but at the moment, online retailers, are, they're, they're flourishing. They're doing really, really well in comparison to brick and mortar. But, you know, that's that's only momentary, you know? Yeah, so I think this this has sort of led us to the topic of sustainability, Absolutely. which is really what this is a continuation of, I think. So um, in AO London's previous podcast series, which was about sustainability, we discussed the issues of sustainability in detail. And um, to the listener, if you haven't already listened to that yet, I recommend that you do, because that will definitely better help you understand everything <laughs> that we're about to discuss in this series. And, um, well, we discussed how big an issue sustainability actually is in fashion. Mm. And we came to the realization that it is, in fact, a huge problem. Massive problem. And it can't be overlooked. Our planet's resources are finite and human rights are being violated every single day in the process of manufacture. Um, we discussed in depth the possible solutions for this. And we came to the conclusion that it's in everyone's hands to take steps towards a more ethical, sustainable mm. community. Mm. So as consumers, we make the demands and hence we do have a large role to play. 
But there's also large companies in the government that play an equally large role, really, because if not a more important role, because they can really create waves given the control and influence they have over happenings in the industry. Awareness regarding the issue is key. It's increasing, but not enough action is being taken. Yeah. Um, and amongst, say, like the enlightened crowd, if that's what you want to ca- mm-hmm. call it, the people who actually understand sustainability and want to live more sustainable, ethical lives. A major concern is transparency, which I think is what yes, this podcast is really going to address. Yeah, yeah. Because if you do want to shop ethically, but you don't really have a way of tracing back the manufacture process, then Absolutely. that becomes very difficult. So um, especially given the complexity of supply chains nowadays in fashion. Mm. And so really the question is, could blockchain technology be a breakthrough to help this issue of transparency in supply chain? I'm going to say yes, without going into any detail, because I, you know, I, I, I just... What are everyone else's initial opinions? Yes? No? I think, I think it could, yeah, I'm kind of... <laughs> if, anyone did, if anyone was in the room, just as that happened, that was Raid sort of giving a I don't know type of hand signal. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of the same, because blockchain is also really new. So it's, um, I think some technology i'll say some technology could be the antidote right i don't know yeah. blockchain especially mm-hmm. and named and labeled as yeah. will be but some technology Perhaps a will combination be. of things as well yeah there's, but there's things so that probably up. haven't even been invented yet yeah so i think we can definitely give it a go because we do need some sort of um better infrastructure to oh, i like you go deep <laughs> great no i like that and then fashion industry so i think yeah. we should give it a go and see how it goes and of course it's going to be hard to adapt at first because blockchain itself is so new Mm. but if we understand it well then we can benefit from it yeah yeah i mean i i do think obviously it can make a difference um to an extent but i don't completely agree because i mean there are so many things that are already within our control that we don't need fancy new technology to do and we're not even doing that yet and one new piece of technology how much is that really going to change i mean i don't know (laughs) we've discussed what blockchain does and how it can be applied in various industries including fashion the technology's benefits make a compelling case for how it can be used to make the supply chain more transparent. It does, however, have its disadvantages.